0: Good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. We're in a series studying the gospel. Today's message is a little different from the regular, normal worship format. Today we're going to look at the very first five sermons given by the Apostle Peter as recorded in the book of Acts. And then we're going to intersperse in between those five mini-messages some singing and a time of worship for the congregation. We're going to see that there's a central theme to those sermons and a crucial component that must be recaptured for today's proclamation of the gospel. Thanks for listening as we look at the preaching of the good news. In our world today, there is a movement away from the historic tenets of our faith. In a world that is obsessed with public image and whatever it is you put on Facebook, uh, we have now been uh, overwhelmed with the idea that nothing can ever be said that would ever be sensed as being offensive to somebody else. And if you say, Jesus is the way, what does that do for the person who says, I don't think Jesus is the way? They, They become offended at your conviction. And so we live in this world. This is the world you and I find ourselves in. What I I want us to do today is, as we have been walking through this series focusing on the good news, I want us to examine how the good news was very first proclaimed. Because I think that's something we need to recapture. I, I think that we have been through the ringer in our world and have come out the other side, the majority of Christians have come out the other side timid or afraid or, God forbid, even ashamed of our faith. And you know what? I bet, you know, I know there's some folks sitting here where like, that's not me. I'm not like that. But I think if you were honest, there could be a setting where you would identify even that same type of pressure and brainwashing from our culture has affected you. I believe all of us live in this kind of corruption. And so the solution that I'm laying forth for us today is going to be an examination of the good news as it was first offered. Because if we can go back to that, if we can learn and identify a couple of key principles for how the good news was very first proclaimed and really get behind that to say, you know what, regardless of what my culture seems to be doing, I know I stand on the tradition of those who saw the risen Christ. And their word and their witness is my word and is my witness. And that's what I'd like us to be a part of. So you heard already in our reading today, uh, Don led us there in 1 Corinthians 15. Um, I just want to remind you of it. The, verse 13 says, If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised... Our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. What's the key element here? Christ needs to be what? He needs to be raised. I spent uh, uh, this past week talking to lots of pastors. And uh, one pastor friend of mine that I sat down with for about four hours uh, is just in that current of the world. And, and with many times good, good reasons... Uh, coming to the solution of saying, you know what, I'm not really convinced that Jesus is the only way. He, 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 here's what your culture will get you to say. Jesus can be your way, but Jesus doesn't have to be the way for everybody. And one thing that he said that really grieved me, because I'm holding on to these conversations as long as I can, but one thing that just it, like, felt like a kick in the gut, he said, I don't even believe in the historicity of the resurrection. I, I, I don't even know if that's necessary. To be a Christian. To really believe that Jesus actually rose from the grave. This isn't a skeptic on Twitter. This isn't an atheist on a chat forum. This is a pastor of a church. What did the Bible say? If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. Well, I'm... I'm out of a job, fellas, right? Uh, guys, I, I mean, I'm, uh, i I got to go apply somewhere, right? If Christ's body is in the grave and he only raised metaphorically and, and in the hearts of the believers and, and they all had some sort of hallucination, if that's what it was, then, yeah, I'm, I need to go uh, apply somewhere for a job. I want to show you a little bit further in this verse. Verse 17 says this, And if Christ has not been raised... Your faith is futile. And here's the really bad news for you guys and for me. It says, and you are still in your sins. That hits me a little heavy, right? Uh, Apparently, for the Apostle Paul, communicating to the church the essential, non-negotiable characteristic of your forgiveness is that Christ has been what? Is that Christ has been raised. So that's what we're going to look at, and I'm going to go quickly through this because I'm going to integrate in, in what's the word i for? Integrate. I'm going to integrate our application into our Sunday morning. So application today isn't go home and do this. Application is going to be we're going to sing, we're going to worship right here together. And so we're going to what we're going to do is we're going to look at the very first five sermons uh, that Peter gives, starting. In uh, at Pentecost, if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in Acts chapter two. Uh, I'm going to read through the sermon, so you're you're going to hear the sermon from Peter's lips as recorded by Luke. Luke records this so that the church will be equipped. So this is called historical narrative. That's that that's what it is. You read. You're not reading a fairy tale. You're not reading a story. You are reading what actually took place as reported by eyewitnesses. That's what we're reading. And so this here is as close as you can get to a podcast, to a recording, to a CD. This is as close as we get to that moment. I want us to pay close attention to it. The very first sermon shows up in Acts chapter 2. We're going to read through verses 14 through 39. Uh, Once we get through that, I'm just going to very quickly uh, list out primarily two things, just two things, and then we're going to sing together. So here we go. Acts chapter 2. Uh, verse 14. And just before I begin, um, I don't have any sermon notes for a handout for you. You're holding your notes in your hand. If you brought a Bible, you're holding them. So I want to encourage you to underline and circle and make uh, make any of your observational notes right here in the text. So here we go. Acts chapter 2. Uh, then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my sermons, servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man who is handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it is impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ. That he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. Good place for an amen right here, you guys. But God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, rest assured, all Israel, or let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent! And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number on that day. Now, guys, there's a ton of stuff I want. I want to, I want to do exposition on this. I'm fighting myself not to. So I, I just made just a quick list of the things I'm not going to preach about. So here, here they are. I'm not going to preach about uh, the purpose of tongues and the signs of the miracles. I want That's in this text. That was in verse 22. Um, or the promise of the Holy Spirit which is kind of a central part of his whole message. That's verse 17 through 21, also in verse 38. I'm not going to preach on the exclusivity of Jesus' name only, even though you might have caught it in uh, verse 21. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm not going to talk about the role of the Scriptures, as you saw Peter quoting what? From the Psalms, and he's quoting from Joel. I'm not going to talk about the providential sovereign plan of God to allow Jesus and plan for Jesus to be crucified, even though that shows up in verse 23 when he says, by God's set purpose and foreknowledge this happened. And I'm also not going to preach about the response, even though that, again, is so central. Do you remember? They say, what do we do? What should we do? And what does he say? You need to repent. repent. Whew, okay, I got them all out. Hi. <laughs> I really want to preach on every one of those. So come to Bible Study Wednesday. We'll talk about them. But here's two things I do want you to catch. Number one, the centrality of the message of the resurrection. When Peter is going to share the gospel, he shares the truth of the resurrection. Did everybody catch it? If you didn't, let me just point you to it because this is the point I want us to catch. Verse 23 This man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead. And if that wasn't enough, you can see it again in verse 32. You all gave me a big amen after this. It says, God raised this Jesus to life. Here's what this means for us. If we are going to recapture the fundamental principles of what it means to preach the good news, It must include the resurrection. Hopefully, you're getting tired of hearing this. Hopefully, I'm convincing you over all of these Sundays where we examine this. This is a crucial part of sharing the gospel. In fact, it's proclamatory. It doesn't, I don't have to convince you of it. It's factual. It's like gravity. It's just true. I don't care if you agree with me. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is raised from the dead. That is just simply true. That's the first thing. Second thing this particular sermon um it has a it has a really juicy moment for a preacher some sometimes uh, as a preacher you like you can share something funny and then you hit the church with like a ooh and everybody goes <laughs> ooh that one he's he's preaching right to me right now right Yeah, I w- I want to show you that moment here it was in verse 36 he said therefore let all Israel be assured of this this is his big gooey moment right he says God made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And it was right after that that people are like, cut to the heart, what do we do, right? Okay, here's the deal. Jesus either is worthy of being Lord and Christ, or he isn't. Everybody get that? There's no maybe. There's no middle ground on this. Either he is, or he's not. And by the way, if he's not, then the Jews did the right thing by crucifying him. Can we all agree on that? Like if Jesus was some kind of an impostor impinging and blaspheming the name of the one true God, then yeah, the the law says death is the penalty of that. They did the right thing unless he is worthy. We're going to we're going to sing. I'm going to ask if you would Stand up. We'll get our drummer up here. And my praise, son. Thank you for the amen right there. You have in your notes a song, uh, Is He Worthy? This is a our next sermon from Peter shows up in chapter 3. Uh, the circumstance here in chapter 3 is that uh, Peter heals a man. And uh, we begin to see how the local government feels about that. So I'll be reading here in chapter 3, starting in verse 11, and we will work just into chapter 4. Luke records. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, everybody ready for sermon number two? Here we go. Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if, as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. Good spot for an amen coming up here. Amen. But God raised him from the dead. Amen. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name. And the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed to you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because because of the apostles' teaching and the people proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about five thousand. Again, there's so much I want to talk about here. So here's here's the things I'm not going to preach on. Um, again, is going to be the purpose of miracles and signs. That's we didn't even read that. That's the healing that went that went on. But you see it again in verse 16. Um, the healing that happened was in Jesus' name, so that they could all see. I'm also not going to preach on again the role of the scriptures invalidated and explaining whatever our experiences are once again peter says let me explain to you what you're seeing just like he did at pentecost with the speaking in tongues he says let let me explain this to you this is what all of the prophets speak to i am also not going to talk about the the response which is once again verse 19 to repent and to turn and you see that repeated in verse 26 when he says he wants you to turn so those are the things i'm not going to preach about Here's what I want you to catch. When it comes to the proclamation and the preaching of the good news, you find once more the message of the resurrection. Let me just point it out to you. Verse 15, you all gave me a good amen. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Now, I would uh, throw out the question, is there another way we know that it was the resurrection that he was preaching and there is because if you look in verse 2 of chapter 4 so just scoot over there with me you'll see the reason why the authorities arrested them I'll read it again, they were greatly disturbed because of the, apostle, because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead when it comes to sharing the good news we've seen twice now that the center of it must be the resurrection. Here's the second thing that I want you to see here. And that is what happened. The authorities didn't like it. And so what did they do with Peter and John? They threw him in jail. And the whole church ceased from that day forward. Right? That was it. They got us. We're done. It was a good try. It was good, well lasted. Is that what they said? No. I want you to see and I want you to put confidence in the power of of Jesus' strength in the face of desperation and despair. Uh, You're going to have moments in your life where you might feel despair, where you might feel desperation. I want you to catch from this text a confidence, hear me now, in Jesus' power and strength. That's who He is. So our next song is one that's going to proclaim that. Here's what one of the words say in the song. You are stronger. You are stronger. Sin is broken and you have saved me. It is written that Christ has what? Risen. Because Jesus, you are Lord of all. I'm going to invite you to stand once more if you can as we sing. The third sermon we get shows up in chapter 4, starting down in verse 8. <clears throat> Again, this is going to be Peter speaking. Look at me, Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed then know this you and all the people of Israel it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified good spot for amen here but God raised from the dead amen we gotta get a little louder on that I have to be honest with you guys we gotta get a little louder on that one thank you there we go much better but whom God raised from the dead. Amen. amen. That this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected. Which has come, has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven. Given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could not see the man who had been healed standing there with them there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then they conferred together. What are we going to do with these guys? With these men they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they've done an outstanding miracle. and We cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let him go. They couldn't decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. In this passage... um, I, I'm again not going to preach on the role of signs and miracles, even though, guess what, shows up here again. I'm not going to preach on the work of the Holy Spirit that shows up in verse 8, because Peter is literally filled with the Spirit as he's preaching. I'm not going to talk about the role of the Scriptures to help uh, validate our experiences, even though he quotes directly here that the stone that you rejected has become the cornerstone from Psalm 118. And I'm also not going to preach about the exclusivity of Jesus Christ, even though this is the best passage in all the Bible to speak of it. There is no other name on earth that has been given to men by which you must be saved. So, I'm not going to preach on any of those. Here's what I'm going to preach on, though. You'll notice at the very center of his sharing of the good news is the message of the resurrection. Verse 10, Then know this, you and all people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Every time Peter opens his mouth to share the good news, that good news always includes the message of the resurrection. That's the first thing. This sermon has something unique in it, though, and that's what I want to share with you. Secondly, which is the nature of Jesus as the foundation of our faith. He, he says in quoting Psalm 118, that the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And so as you and I look to grow in our faith and our walk and in our confidence of God, we must look to the foundation. And the this the, the, uh, the first part of the foundation is that cornerstone by which everything else lines up. And that's what we're going to sing about next. So if you would stand with me once more. Uh, This next song is one where the lyrics come... They actually come right out of uh, the hymnal number 313. You might know it as, My hope is built on nothing less than what? Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's right. So uh, that is what we're going to sing about. And... um, to proclaim him to be the cornerstone. All right, we're getting we're getting towards the end. Oh, it's getting a little warm out here. <laughs> you guys are doing good. All right, our next sermon comes in chapter five, starting in verse 29. Again, in the context of miracles, listen to Peter's sermon, verse 29 of chapter 5. Peter and the other apostles replied. Now, this is a a short sermon this time, so here we go. We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. Amen. Amen whom you had killed by hanging him on a cross, or on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Now, again, I'm not going to preach on the role of the Holy Spirit, but you see it right here. and. Again, I'm not going to preach on the response of the people, even though it's repentance, and you see it again right here. I'm going to give you again the main thing, the center of the message. Come on, By now you can tell me what it is. What is it? It's the resurrection. resurrection. So let's just find it once more. Verse 30, the God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on the tree. So every time Peter opens his mouth to share the good news, like it or not, believe me or not, Jesus is not in the grave. He is raised from the dead. Uh, the second thing from this little sermon that I want to give you uh, is to look at the titles. So uh, I didn't do that through the others. Again, I would love to have uh, like days just to teach this and look at all of the titles. But this one in verse 31, you'll notice what God has done. Look with me. It says, God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior. Look, either he is or he isn't. He's, e- he's either the God incarnate among us, now raised from the dead and exalted to the right hand of the Father, or he's not. But if he is, then we get the privilege of declaring his majesty. And that's this next song that that we're going to sing. You'll you'll find uh, it also in the hymnal, number 85, uh, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Uh, The chorus here that I want us to pay attention to says, He is majesty. He is Lord of all. And because of that, the invitation is let every throne before him fall. And so we would speak to all the rulers King of kings o come adore our god who reigns forevermore. So with that in mind I invite you to please stand with me. Once more you have the words for you there. Okay, you guys almost made it. Here we go. One more sermon to listen to this is found in Acts chapter 10. <clears throat> and then we'll have an, uh, a new song that we're going to sing and teach to us today. Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 34. Here, here Peter is traveling to the house of uh, Gentiles. His name is Cornelius. This is the sermon that he gives. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. Good spot for amen coming up. But God raised him from the dead. Amen. Amen receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So once again, you see exclusivity. Once more, you see the role of the Spirit. Once more, you see the prophets testifying and the role of the Scriptures. Is everybody kind of... I've been hinting at this and not preaching them all, but are you seeing the same... It's like the same sermon, five times in a row, but what's at the center of every one of them? It's the resurrection. Everyone, Let's just look at this one, verse 40. God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. We also know um, uh, that uh, in verse 41, uh, he says, The witnesses who God chose ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So, I mean, it shows up here twice. It's, It's unquestionable that for the apostle Peter. This is what it meant to share the good news. It meant to declare a witness of the resurrection. Not a metaphorical one, not a spiritual one, a bodily resurrection. And if we do that, our preaching won't be in vain. And if Jesus is raised from the dead, you're not in your sins, as the Apostle Paul says. Now, last thing I want to leave you with here is another title that Peter gives. He says in verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify. He is the one whom God has appointed as what? Did you guys catch it? As judge of the living and the dead. Right now in, in the state of California, the government will not allow the church to gather. I'm thankful that our governor here in Michigan has recognized the importance of the separation of the free expression found in the First Amendment of our faith, to worship God. Now, we don't want to be... Irresponsible in doing that, right? We want to we gather in a way that shows our community we care about you and, and we want to go ahead of even any regulation the government would give us. But the government is ruled by sinful men and women. And I feel like we're already seeing a glimpse of the days that are described to us for the return of the Lord where there is a kind of lawlessness that occurs even amongst those who would be in governing seats. You need to understand that the government that tells you you can't be indoors with more than 10 people, the government that tells you you must wear a mask, the government that tells you you must be six feet apart, is the same government that affirms for the death of the unborn. It's the same government that appeals to a failure to distinguish between the godly defined genders of men and women. It is a government that applauds and actually moves forward the sinful union within sexuality and the brokenness that has become accepted in our culture. That's the government that you serve under. But I have a passage here from Peter that says, God made Jesus the judge. And I have the Old Testament passage that says, the government will be put on his shoulders. And so what, what we're going to do here at the end is declare... Jesus is greater. Do you believe that? Is Jesus greater? Yes. Jesus is better than any and everything that you could find in this world. And so, this last song that we're going to sing, it's it's a new one. Um, it's called "Graves into Gardens," and we're going to try something. Uh, we're going to try. I'm going to get actually you a little comfortable out there because we're going to try a moment of clapping and even a little stomping. Hopefully, you guys are up for that. Uh, my praise team is going to. Lead us in that. So, are everybody ready? I <laughs> <clears throat> actually got to...